Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it has been a wild weekend on the Jadavian Clowney watch. The rumor mill is turning as fast as I've ever seen. There's tons of um, speculation out there and online, finger quotes, sources giving us different pieces of information that we can choose whether to follow, whether to listen to, or whether or not. Either way, as mentioned, we need to take all of these reports and all of these rumors with an insane grain of salt, like a large, large grain of salt. But we are going to talk about all those rumors today. I want to keep you guys up to date on everything that we are hearing. Whether it matters or not, we can all decide on our own. But I do want to make sure you guys are up to date with all of the latest rumors about Clowney and his whereabouts. So we will discuss that. And then, hey, it is Mock Draft Monday. There's a lot to go over from the weekend, including the signing of role player Michael Pruitt. So we're going to talk about that. But it's Mock Draft Monday, of course. So in our second segment, we are going to talk about the latest Mock Draft Monday from the Draft Network. Get you guys up to date with that three-round Mock Draft from Benjamin Solak. So we will go over that. And then we will jump into a little bit of a Mock Draft Roundup. I did a Mock Draft Roundup with you guys on Friday. So what I did was I picked just a couple of Mock Drafts that came out over the weekend that were as up-to-date as possible. And then a lot of you asked for this, so I'm going to round out our Mock Draft Monday Mock Draft Roundup with my version of a Mock Draft and tell you what I picked in the first round for the Titans, knowing what we know now about the free agent signing. So a lot to get into today, a lot of news from the weekend to go over, and then it is Mock Draft Monday, so we got a lot of draft talk ahead. Let's get it. sit here today, Jadavian Clowney remains unsigned. And at this moment in time, all of the noise surrounding him points to three to four teams being in the race. Of course, the Tennessee Titans are making a push to reunite Jadavian Clowney with his former defensive coordinator, who is currently the head coach of the Titans, Mike Grable. But also, we hear AFC South division rival, the Indianapolis Colts, are trying to get into the mix. The New York Jets have been a part of the discussion the entire time. And then, of course, the incumbent, Jadavian Clowney's former team, the Seattle Seahawks, continue to try to bring him back to fit in their 4-3 defensive scheme. But all of this noise and chatter has allowed some internet rumor mongers to really get things going and stir the pot online. So I want to go over some of these rumors that we have been hearing and some of the things that have been flying around the intrawebs. Of course, whether you believe these reports or how much you believe these reports is up for you to decide but it's only smart to be skeptical and take everything we are hearing with a grain of salt. There is a lot to get and a lot to gain by these internet reporters, these unknown rumor mongers, and a lot for them to gain in getting a lot of people to view the rumors that they are putting out there. So what can be believed and what can't be believed can only be decided by you, but what we are hearing so far is that Clowney has chosen 
the Titans. And that at this moment, that deal is just hinging on him completing a physical. And the rumors continue in regards to that physical. At this moment in time, it is understood, or at least some people are reporting, that Clowney is planning on taking that physical in Houston, Texas on Monday morning. And if the physical does come back clean and the Titans are satisfied with the results, then it will be announced that Clowney will be signing with the Titans. Again, whether or not you decide to believe that rumor is up to you. I can only advise to take these things with a grain of salt. The internet really got buzzing though when it seemed that one of the NFL's partners broke the news a tad bit early, and that is EA Sports Madden NFL video game. They put out a promotional clip, a promotional trailer, promoting the upcoming video game release in August, and it was highlighting a lot of people who are changing teams. We saw Todd Gurley at the beginning of the video transform and shift from a Rams uniform into a Falcons uniform, and this is where things really got interesting. The next clip was of Jadavian Clowney transforming from a Seattle Seahawks jersey into a Tennessee Titans jersey. There are some that are speculating that because EA Sports needs to know some of this information as early as possible to work on the game being released on time, their partnership with the NFL, that it's possible that they would be privy to this information early. But there is also the flip side of that coin that says it could just be their developers and their promotional department trying to get things done early or just trying to drum up interest in the video. Where things really took a turn is that EA and Madden deleted that video and that is almost an admission that they did something wrong or released something too early. So what can be taken from that? What you feel that means is up to you but very, very interesting to see that. There were also reports about Clowney being in the Nashville airport on Sunday. Those were unverified by picture or by video, but those are things that we are hearing. Some moves that the Titans actually did make. We saw them bring back tight end and role player Michael Pruitt. Pruitt did not just play tight end. He played fullback. He played H-back for this offense, and he's a fantastic complement to the two pass-catching centric tight ends already on the roster and Jonu Smith who will obviously be the starter and Anthony Ferkser who is more of a role playing pass catching tight end whereas Pruitt can play fullback he also plays the role of blocking tight end that's very valuable to this Titans offense it'll be a one-year deal, but Pruitt will be back with the Titans this season according to his representation. At this time, we don't have terms on the deal in terms of how much he will be paid, but after playing in all 16 games last season, catching six passes for 90 yards and one touchdown, Pruitt can clearly add value to this roster. And another thing to consider is that the Titans' tight end room is basically set at this moment in time. We know that Jonu Smith will be back for his fourth season in 10 We know that Pruitt is coming back based on this announcement from his representation, and we know that Anthony Ferkser is coming back based on signing a one-year exclusive rights free agent deal with the team, so the Titans can feel pretty good about their tight end room going forward, and I don't expect them to look to add too much or spend too much.
too much capital in terms of money or draft picks to improve that position at this moment in time with just how set and how sturdy it is. And the Titans are really doing a great job at making sure that they can have the same offensive personnel for the most part that they had last year to try to keep as much continuity as possible from the 2019 offensive season. But we are going to move into the Mock Draft Monday portion of our show. We have a three-round Mock Draft from the Draft Network that we are going to talk about next. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans, but you may not know that Locked On is a great way for your local business to reach passionate fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, and not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants a way to connect with Titans fans and a predominantly male audience, that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get a team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Ah, it is a mock draft Monday. So let's head on over to the Draft Network and take a look at last week's Mock Draft Monday to get you guys ready for today's release of the most recent Mock Draft Monday event that the Draft Network is doing over there. Like I say every single week, guys, I implore you to go check out the Draft Network. Of course, the Locked On Podcast Network is doing this Mock Draft Monday event throughout the offseason in conjunction with the Draft Network. Our guy Joe Marino over from Locked On Bills does great work over there, but so does the rest of the group. There's tons of mock drafts, the mock draft tool that I use myself when I put together a mock draft for us to go over. You guys can use that too to kind of plot out all the different avenues the draft could go and where that could leave the Titans with the 29th pick, or you could even do a full seven-round mock draft if you want, but there's tons of articles, player profiles, everything like that. I just... Really think it's a great resource to get ready for the draft and would implore you guys to check that out. But this Mock Draft Monday comes from Benjamin Solak. And Solak does a pretty good job over there. I enjoy his content. He's a good follow on Twitter as well. But going into his Mock Draft Monday, of course, this was done on the 17th, 16th, 17th of March. So before a lot of the free agent moves, but it's crazy. I think things pretty much line up with this first round pick for what the Titans would would actually look to do here. As we know, Jarrell Casey was traded to the Denver Broncos. It's something that that we are all aware of and obviously is a very divisive topic on Titans Twitter, but a replacement here, and this is somebody who I wasn't really too high on the Titans taking uh, going into free agency and for most of our previous Mock Draft Mondays because I didn't really think it was what the Titans needed, but after the Jarrell Casey trade, now the roster looks a little bit different, especially up front on the defensive line, and that kind of leads me to 
changing how I feel about what the Titans could do and what would be a good or a bad pick for the Titans. So with the 29th pick in the first round, Solak has the Titans going with Yatur Gross Matos, the edge, uh, pass rusher, I will call it, from Penn State. In, in previous conversations that we have all had together, I have said that I don't really like Gross Matos as a pick for the Titans because the Titans need a more athletic, twitchy edge on the outside. But the reality here is the Titans did sign Vic Beasley to kind of satisfy my thirst for that. And they lost out on Jarrell Casey, which was an interior rusher. And I think Gross Matos has incredible potential being able to rush from the outside or the inside. And his versatility is really what would have NFL teams kind of licking their chops to get a chance at getting Gross Matos. He's a grown-up. He has a super high ceiling. He's long. He's explosive for his size. And I think that if you have him on the interior with Jeffrey Simmons, or you allow him, I don't think base personnel is as important as most of you guys probably do, just with the prevalence of sub package being played on defense in the NFL, counteracting, you know, the heavy passing schemes that we're seeing nowadays. But if you have Gross Matos playing a five technique in base, you know, the Titans run a three, four in base package. But I think this year with Mike Vrabel taking over as defensive coordinator, I think they're going to switch it up a little bit and play a lot more four-man fronts as well. And in that circumstance, you could have Gross Matos playing a defensive end in a four-man front and base and then kick him inside with Jeffrey Simmons, and that would give you a four-man pass rush of Harold Landry, Vic Beasley, Jeffrey Simmons, and then Gross Matos up front. And even if the Titans were to get Jadavian Clowney, you need to have as many pass rushers as possible who can be fresh and terrorize the quarterback. We saw that with the San Francisco 49ers just continuously attacking their defensive front with four first-round picks on the defensive line, and then they traded for D. Ford as well. So you can never have too many disruptors on the front line, and then if Vic Beasley doesn't work out, now you have Gross Matos who can take over that edge role, or he can just continue to be a key piece for the Titans as they make over this roster and kind of change what this team is as they try to evolve into a consistent Super Bowl contender. So I do like the pick of Gross Matos now, knowing that Jarrell Casey is in Denver. So I do like that pick. And Solak has this to say, this is a pick I love to attack when Yatur Gross Matos is available. And with the Tennessee Titans officially moving on from Cameron Wake and Jarrell Casey, it only makes all the more sense. Gross Matos is long, explosive, has a super high ceiling, which would make him the fourth edge off the board, even if his college film isn't that of a first-round selection. So I like that that blurb right there as well, and I think it makes even more sense now that Jarrell Casey is gone. And this is where the, the mock draft for Solak kind of goes off the rails for me in terms of what I would want for the Titans. And once again, I've been bemoaning anybody who picks this position for the Titans in the draft for the last two or three years. He goes with Cole Komet tight end out of Notre Dame. Now, Komet is considered the best tight end in the class. It's not a super strong high-end tight end class, but at pick 61 in the second round, Komet is a really good value, but the Titans just don't need that. We talked at the beginning of this show in the first segment about bringing back Pruitt. We have Jonu Smith. The Titans have Anthony Ferkser, who they just brought back on a deal. There's just no reason to waste a second round pick on somebody like Komet when the Titans have needs at offensive tackle, at running back, at wide receiver, and especially 
at cornerback. So I just don't see how the Titans could, if they do go with an edge rusher in the first round, which is totally fine, I just don't see how the Titans could could kind of shun all those other positions to go with a tight end here. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. We see guys who are taken after Cole Komet. Two picks later is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU, who I think would be a really good fit for the Titans as the you know, running back to compliment Derrick Henry. So I really like that. You see a couple other names going after that I would love. I mean, T. Higgins from Clemson going in the third round in this mock draft. If he's there at the end of the second round for the Titans when some people have mocked him in the first round, Higgins is six foot four, has good speed, can high point a ball. You'd like to see him play a little bit more physical with the size that he has in terms of going up and getting the ball, boxing out guys in the red zone. But you'd have to go for a guy like T. Higgins knowing that you're probably not going to pick up Corey Davis's fifth-year option. I mean, Jalen Johnson went with the 71st pick, the cornerback out of Utah who's long and rangy and could give you a really good uh, guy on the on the boundary playing cornerback because you know that Malcolm Butler is probably not going to be in Tennessee after this season. So replacing him with a guy like Jalen Johnson would make a lot of sense as well. So I think that there are other routes that the Titans would go. I just don't see them taking off the ball linebacker or tight end. I, j- I just don't see that at any moment in time, maybe late, late in the draft if you just have good value, but I just really don't see that as an option for the Titans this early in the draft. And then the third pick that he had to round out this three-round mock draft is an offensive tackle, and I do think that the Titans will go offensive tackle in the first three rounds. Not saying that they don't trust Dennis Kelly, but I just don't view Dennis Kelly as a long-term answer. He can be a pretty good right tackle for a couple of years, but the Titans definitely want to develop somebody behind him, and they get that answer right here in the third round with Sadiq Charles, the offensive tackle out of LSU. Charles has great athleticism. He's very agile. He has really quick feet. He does a great job pulling on the offensive line, he shows good range with his pulls. He can really get out on the perimeter. So he has good foot speed, and that really helps playing in a zone-based offensive running scheme. They're going to ask the tackle, like we see with Lawan, who's an incredibly athletic tackle in comparison with other NFL tackles. And Conklin didn't have the top-tier athleticism that you want, but he understood his role in the offense. But Charles really gives you that that good athleticism. Like I said, quick feet, agile, can pull, would be great in space in a zone-blocking scheme, but he's not super technical. He needs a lot of development, and that's why he would drop to the third round in a situation like this, but that's also why he would be a perfect fit for the Titans as they allow Dennis Kelly to man the starting right tackle job and develop Charles behind the scenes. I mean, Charles does a good job in one-on-one situations, but where those feet are quick, they're not super technical. He can get lost with his footwork. He doesn't have a great punch. He doesn't do a great job of of using, I guess, his size and creating power in the run game. So he has that athleticism, but he needs to be finely tuned by an offensive line coach and help him with his footwork, help him with his handwork, help him with his technique, because he can get a little lost in those areas, even with all that athleticism. So really like the draft overall, if you could just switch 
switch out Cole Komet with, let's say, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU. If you switched out the tight end with with a running back there, going edge, interior pass rusher, then a running back, then an offensive tackle, I would hope in this scenario that the Titans did address cornerback in free agency, which I'm sure they will do once this clowny situation is resolved. But other than that, pretty solid uh, three-round mock draft for the Titans that, for the most part, other than that tight end selection, I I generally agree with. I don't think it's out of bounds. It's tough to do a mock draft, folks. It's tough to do a mock draft. So I I think that's a pretty solid one for the Titans. We are going to keep the mock draft Monday vibes rolling on in our final segment. We are going to talk two different mock drafts that both came out on Sunday, and then I will give you my selection and my mock draft that I did on the Draft Network's website, Mock Draft Simulator. So we're going to get into that next. Let's wrap up the show with a little mock draft roundup. And like I said, since we did one on Friday, I wanted to go with the most updated ones I could find. Found two that came out on Sunday for you guys from two different outlets that I enjoy checking out their mock drafts and then to make sure I give you the adequate amount of value for your mock draft roundup. I threw in my mock draft that I did on the draft network. So I will talk about that last. The first mock draft that we are going to get into here is from Luke Easterling from DraftWire. That's a USA Today publication. And as we have heard before, goes along with what we saw from Benjamin Solak. It is the Titans taking Yeter Gross Matos with the first round pick, the 29th overall pick in the draft, and I just talked about Matos quite a bit, just like the fit now with with the trade of Jarrell Casey. Wasn't too high on someone like that previously, but now since there's a hole in the interior rush spot, I think that that would be a pretty good fit. And some other names that fit that mold as well, Marlon Davidson would be a, a really good guy on the inside. Ross Blacklock as well could be an option, and I don't know how the Titans value these guys on their draft board, but all of them have been in the conversation, at least, for being a first-round pick. Whether or not they end up there, it, it remains to be seen, but the Titans having a kind of a tweener, as you would say, who can play on the edge, who can rush from the interior. I think that the Jarrell Casey trade opens up that spot for the Titans to look that way in the draft, and Gross Matos obviously fits that Need And then the second pick that Easterling has here, because it is a three-round mock draft, is something that has me uh, a tad bit perplexed. And it could just be a situation where Easterling has a guy on his board and the value makes sense. But how's him going with Damian Lewis, the interior offensive lineman from LSU? Now, Lewis is known for his power. It's like the opposite of Sadiq Charles. He's known for his power. He's a road grader in the run game as an interior guy. But he's not very agile at all. He's not very quick. And quite frankly, he's a bad scheme fit for the Titans. Most people would consider Lewis to be a gap-blocking 
scheme type guy going in the draft, not somebody who would excel in a zone blocking scheme because he doesn't have the requisite athleticism and kind of spatial awareness to handle that sort of blocking scheme. So I think this is a pretty, pretty bad fit. I don't think it's insane that the Titans would attack interior offensive line later in the draft, maybe third, fourth, fifth round, try to get somebody in the pipeline to compete with Nate Davis. Ben Jones is getting older, older. Roger Saffold is getting older. So I don't think it's outrageous that the Titans would would go with interior offensive line, but you wouldn't take somebody like Damian Lewis, who's who's more of a power player than someone who could fit in the zone blocking scheme that, that the Titans have based their entire offense around. So just don't see that as a scheme fit for the Titans or them going interior offensive line that early in the second round in the draft. But the third round pick, I think, makes a ton of sense. I was going to take this guy in the second round when we talked in our last segment, and that's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from L. LSU has the ability to run between the tackles even as a small guy, can get out of the backfield and catch the ball. And he ran a a slower 40 time. It was 4-6, I believe. But watch the guy's tape. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a ball player. And what he does on a football field and what he did for LSU in that offense. And that this is one thing I can say about all these LSU players, you look at Sadiq Charles, offensive tackle, who we talked about in Solak's draft from LSU, then Damian Lewis, who we just talked about, interior offensive lineman from LSU, and now Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Joe Brady is now the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, and Joe Brady was the offensive coordinator for the LSU Tigers last year. He'd also worked as an offensive assistant for the Saints prior to that. So all of these players from LSU's offense worked in a pro style similar to an NFL offense last year, and I think that gives them a leg up on all the other prospects at their position and will help them get drafted a little bit higher. So getting somebody like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who gives you exactly what the Titans need to complement Derrick Henry, who also has uh, basically... JV pro, pro JV experience coming from that LSU offense. I just think it's a it's a perfect fit for what the Titans would need. And at the third round, that is like the perfect spot to get a running back, in my opinion, for this team. So I really love this draft from Luke Easterling with the exception of that second round pick. So that seems to be a theme here. Our next mock draft comes from Brad Crawford from 24-7 Sports. And not that 24-7 Sports is some reputable place that I usually would go to, but I had to get this guy's name in the draft, and it gives me hope that maybe he'll be around for the Titans. And that is cornerback Jeff Gladney. Right now, the Titans haven't done anything at cornerback. Now, I would expect them to, and there are rumors that if the Clowney signing goes through, they have a few cornerback targets that they're ready to pounce on, including trying to get Logan Ryan back in the fold, and that would really make me happy to have Logan Ryan back, but if not, this guy is the perfect replacement, and that is Jeff Gladney from TCU, and quite frankly, the sad part here is that this is one of the only mock drafts I've seen where he falls to the Titans, because... As I've mentioned on other shows, just incredible IQ. He's fantastic in zone coverage. He understands different concepts, press, off-man, inside, outside shade. He really understands route concepts. It's just a high-level understanding of the game of football. He's a willing tackler. He'll get physical in the run game. He plays primarily in the slot, but can play a little bit outside, but I would expect him to be a slot guy in the NFL, and that's the exact role and the exact description I would give you of Logan Ryan. Now, Jeff Gladney's coming out of college, so he's not going to be as advanced as 
you know, Logan Ryan was. A lot of you guys are yelling at me right now. Amani Hooker can play that slot cornerback role. Well, I think Hooker's going to be fine. I think he could play a little bit of slot corner. I don't like him taking completely out of his role at safety last year, being that third safety. I like him in that role, and I would like to make sure that the Titans don't just try to replace Logan Ryan with Amani Hooker and then completely take him out of that role. So the Titans, either way, need to get a slot cornerback in there to allow Amani Hooker to have freedom to do whatever he needs to do and what's best for the team. And I just, I have a man crush on Jeff Gladney. I have a draft crush on Jeff Gladney. I want him with the Titans. And this mock draft had him fall into 29, which I think is unlikely. But in this circumstance, you know, I want to make sure that that I shout out Gladney because none of these mock drafts I talked about had the Titans going cornerback. And right now where the Titans sit, it would just be insane if they completely neglected the cornerback position. So I think that there's going to be a cornerback in free agency, but I also think there's going to be a cornerback high in the draft as well. Well, so that is the two other mock drafts that I wanted to go over with you. Let's jump into my mock draft here that I did on the draft network. And just to give you guys an idea of how the draft went, because I think that's interesting. This is the draft network's predictive NFL draft board that that they use this off. So, of course, we saw the chalk picks up front. Joe Burrow to the Bengals. Chase Young to the Redskins. Jeff Okuda, cornerback to the Lions. I think that they will be selecting Okuda, just not at number three. Spoiler. Uh, Isaiah Simmons to the Giants. I had somebody talking to me about Isaiah Simmons over the weekend on Twitter saying that, you know, maybe the Titans shouldn't go after him or what. Listen, if Isaiah Simmons is down at 29, you take him and you figure it out because he's a top five player. So that's not going to happen. But let's just be honest here. If any of the top five talents in the draft fall to 29, even one of these corner or quarterbacks, if Tua or Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or something crazy like that happened and they dropped to 29, I would want the Titans to take them and then try to trade them because you just can't let top five players like that fall that far and they wouldn't. So it's kind of irrelevant anyway. But uh, Tua went five to the Dolphins, Herbert six to the Chargers. Derek Brown, interior defensive lineman from Auburn to the Panthers. Kalevon Chason, edge from LSU to the Cardinals. That's the first pick that I thought was pretty crazy, but since they did address wide receiver in that outrageous trade with the Texans to get DeAndre Hopkins, they could go that route. C.J. Henderson, cornerback to the Jaguars. Tristan Wirfs, tackle to the Browns. C.D. Lamb, wide receiver to the Jets. Henry Ruggs, wide receiver to the Raiders. Jerry Judy, wide receiver to the 49ers. Makai Becton, offensive tackle to the Buccaneers. Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle to the Broncos. So the tackles are going quick. Javon Kinlaw, interior defensive lineman, going to the Falcons. Xavier McKinney, safety, going to the Cowboys. Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle, going to the Dolphins. And at that moment in time, now I'm looking at the tackle position, and I'm like, Titans probably can't go tackle at this moment in time now in the first round. But then you would think cornerback would be the next biggest need, but we already saw Henderson and Okuda go off the board. And now at 19, the Raiders take Christian Fulton, cornerback from LSU. Jaguars go Grant Delpit, safety from LSU. The Eagles go Patrick Queen, linebacker from LSU. Jeff Gladney to the Vikings at 22. I mean, there's my guy. Unfortunately, I could see that happening, and I don't know how he makes it through this run where the Vikings pick twice. Jordan Love, quarterback to the Patriots at 23. That would be interesting. Justin Jefferson, love him as well, going to the Saints, uh, staying local, I guess you could say, at 24, at 25. A.J. Espinosa, 
Espineza, Espineza, whatever you want to say, it's up to you. Uh, I think that's another option for the Titans if he were to slip to 29 with Yatergros Matos. I've already explained why. Cesar Ruiz, interior offensive lineman to the Dolphins at 26. Josh Jones, the only offensive tackle I would consider with the Titans pick at 29 after those top five go off the board. Going at 27 to the Seahawks. Kenneth Murray going to the Ravens at 28. And then with the 29th pick, I had a couple options here. We could have gone down to the offensive tackles, who I think are just a little bit too low. Uh, Ezra Cleveland, Isaiah Wilson, uh, Austin Jackson. I think those are second-round picks. I think it's a little too high to reach for those guys. I just I just don't think it would be a good option there. Um, the cornerback group kind of falls off as well after those top four guys go with Akuda and Fulton and Henderson and Gladney. So I didn't really feel too comfortable with any of the cornerbacks there. The wide receivers came off the board. If Justin Jefferson isn't there, I don't really feel too comfortable going with a T Higgins or a LaVishka Chenault, something like that. So I took DeAndre Swift, and I keep coming back to this. If DeAndre Swift is there at the end of the first round, the Titans are in such a position with the way free agency worked out, with how open they are with their options in the draft now. Derrick Henry's on a franchise tag, folks, and I know everybody wants him to get a long-term deal worked out, but it may not happen. And if not, the Titans have to have somebody ready to go to take his place. And even if the Titans do sign... Derrick Henry to a long-term contract. DeAndre Swift is everything that Henry is not. He can get out of the backfield. He can run a full route tree. He can get in the slot even and play a little bit of slot in a very limited role. He's incredibly fast, quick, had an excellent 40-yard dash time. I just, I really love DeAndre Swift. I think he's a perfect complement to what the Titans are doing. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire isn't quite um, as bursty. That's not really a word, but you guys know what I mean. As Swift, so he's kind of a poor man's version, in my opinion there. But the pass catching that Swift offers, being in the mold of a Dalvin Cook, I mean, he could help with his decision-making, doesn't always have the best vision and everything like that. But everything that he does in the passing game is everything that Derrick Henry doesn't do. So I would just love to see DeAndre Swift with this offense to add an additional weapon in there in the passing game that the Titans can do a little bit more with and basically be the kind of guy we were hoping to get with Deion Lewis. So that is going to wrap up today's show, though. We had all the rumors from the weekend, the weekend, the Monday weekend mail drop that we go over. We also covered... The Draft Network's Mock Draft Monday last week to get you guys ready for today's release. So go check that out after you listen to this. Also, after you're done listening to this, check out the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They are killing it over there and it is draft time. I mean, free agency is still going, but we've gotten through that first wave. We'll be getting to the second wave here soon. Once that clowning news is over, it kind of wraps up all of the top tier players besides him and, and Logan Ryan and maybe Robbie Anderson at wide receiver. So it's getting closer and closer to draft time. And that's what I'm going to start focusing on as well. So check out the Locked On Draft, Locked On NFL Draft podcast. I'm going to start getting into draft centric coverage. We are going to start doing position breakdowns. I'm going to try to have some of the other locked-on hosts on to talk about some of the free agent signings that the Titans make, 
you know, Jadavian Clowney, if he shows up, uh, talk about Vic Beasley as well. So I'm going to get some of that worked in. And then we're also going to do a little bit of tape work and get in the film room here shortly and talk about the additions that the Titans are making in, in combination with the draft coverage that is ahead of us. So really good stuff on the horizon. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do, stream, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure that you are subscribed and follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans as well. But as always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.